Sunday Social. When I see you smile, it feels like I'm falling. It's not for anybody else to know. The way your face could light the bitter dark of every street. And welcome to Sunday Social. I'm Vaughan Davis and singing us in, singing us into the show, the one and only Beck Ranger, who you might know is about to commence a nationwide tour playing her debut album Drive, which is 20 years old from start to finish, which I'm rather looking forward to. Hey, thank you for joining me tonight. Show number 181 in the uh, whew, seemingly endless series. I'd love you to be part of the show. Text me 3920 keyword live. That'll pop up on one of the 15 screens in front of me here in the heart of the news hub. You can tweet me at Vaughan Davis, and I'll get right back to you on that later in the show. Something to look forward to. Mr. Julian Waters joins us for your social media guide to the upcoming elections. An end, an end to latitude and longitude. If you're a bit of a closet navigator and you like your degrees, minutes and seconds, well, that's all over because we've got an app that's going to blow that out the window and the very latest from Apple. First, though... Plenty of people tweet, I'm one of them, you're one of them too probably, but not that many make a whole living from it. One person who does is Irish woman Samantha Kelly, a.k.a. Tweeting Goddess. In New Zealand for this week's New Zealand Social Media Conference, Samantha, welcome to Sunday Social. Thank you very much. How did you come to be known as the Tweeting Goddess? (laughs) Tell me about that. Well, first of all, uh, thank you very much for having me. I'm delighted to be here in New Zealand. Um, Yeah, I started my business um, about seven years ago. I'd come to a crossroads in my life and um, I was a lone parent on social welfare. My marriage had just broken up. My daughter was about to start school. Um, She's hearing impaired with a severe language delay, so she's about to start school and I was caring for her before that. And my father had just passed away. So there was a lot of stuff going on and I was kind of wondering, what am I going to do next? You know, my daughter's starting school. She doesn't really need me, you know. And my other daughter got her first period, so I felt sorry for her. I know. This is, this is going, this, you are, you're not the you're not the first period-centered guest I've had on the show, but I'll tell you about that as the chat as the chat de- yeah, uh, develops. Yeah, so what happened was because it's such a taboo. I said, hang on, oh, the poor girl. I said, I'll go and I'll get her something nice and I'll get her a nice gift to make it a bit easier. It is such a taboo topic. And there was nothing, there was no starter sets for girls. So even though I would stand there with no money at all, and my dad had just died, I think I was in that kind of frame of mind where, you know what, you only live once and I think I'll just go for it. And I said, I know, I'll create this gift box, you know, so I did. So it was Funky Goddess was the name of the gift box. So that's where the goddess part came from. Mm -hmm. And also it's, you know, a strong beautiful woman type thing sort of thing so then um, what happened was I had no marketing budget and so I started using social media to market the business and when the kids were in bed between 9 and 11 p.m. I I was also a bit lonely to be honest so I just said you know what I just want to connect with people human beings so I started um, talking to people and I didn't realize what I was actually doing was I was building relationships 
So building relationships, as you know, um, in business and in, in any business really is very important. And so I started building relationships and I just got really, really good at it. And then um, I also went on a TV show and on the TV show, it's called Dragon's Den. It's like mm-hmm. Shark Tank. <clears throat> and when I went on that show, um, when I was getting my makeup done, um, it was January and a butterfly landed on the makeup girl's light. I Where know. is this going? I mean, you, you don't know me, but I'm going to say I'm, I'm no hippie. I know, I'm no hippie. I'm not a hippie either. Where is this me. going? A butterfly. Where, what happened was um, the girl said, why is there a butterfly here in January? And I said, well, that's my dad because we used to watch the Dragon's Den together. So when I went up in front of these really tough investor types, I started crying. So I was the girl who cried on TV <laughs> on the Dragon's Den. So, but you know what? It did me no harm at all. Um, I didn't get the investment that I needed, but you know what? It, it raised my profile and people could see the human behind the business and my Twitter followers started to go up then. So that's really where it all started. It, it, it's interesting you started in on loneliness because one, one of the accusations that is levelled at social media is that it's just a way of not connecting with real people. But, you know, my experience has been the opposite. And, mm. and here in New Zealand, one of the unifying experiences that really brought that home were, were the, the Christchurch earthquakes, where yes. I vividly remember, you know, there'd be aftershocks at, you know, midnight or two in the morning or whatever. And if you happened to be online, you could connect with people who are down there amongst it, you know, with no electricity and the, the plaster falling off their ceilings, yet they didn't feel alone. That's it. And that's what's great about Twitter in particular. It's real-time news as it happens. Like, I'm sure a lot of journalists actually go on Twitter because they want to see what's happening now. I know for me, I don't watch the news anymore. I actually watch uh, Twitter to see what's trending, you know. Um, So Twitter in particular is brilliant for connecting people. And the loneliness part is very, very common. Like, the highest-growing demographic on Twitter are the over-55s. Which I believe is the same for Facebook. Highest-growing and and largest are two different things, right? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. The highest growing after the over 55s, but the, the most demographic really would be um, age 35 to 55. And like I it's, know, it's not for the young cool kids. No, is it's, it? not. it's not. It's for the, the old kids. cool kids. The old cool kids, <laughs> like us, well, like the, me. The, the, the experienced, <laughs> the experienced cool kids, the, the kids who have been young for ages. That's us. As, 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 as <laughs> I like to say. So you, you went from this sort of period gift box thing, which if you've just tuned in, does not mean uh, a gift box from the 19th century. It means a gift box for menstruation, and you went from that to running a business which is all about social media. So tell yeah. me about your business today. Yeah, well, what happened was um, a hotel, a local hotel in Wexford where I live in, in Ireland. So describe to me where Wexford is. It's if, in if, the if, south I, if, we, if we consider Ireland to be the shape of a rugby ball, just to, just to you know, give, <laughs> ground it and something we all understand. Well, I suppose Ireland would be, it's kind of the bottom. The bit that sits in the kicking tee, it's down there on the right. On the on the right, yeah, on yeah, the right, yeah. It's um, southeast of Ireland, and it's a kind of a sleep, uh, a, a little village, but it's really, really cool tourist-wise. You know, we got a lot of beaches and fishing and stuff, um, so it's really cool. Um, so I lived down there, and. Um, I just started, uh, the, the Wexford uh, Hotel approached me and said, look, how you seem to be doing really well on Twitter. I had 5,000 followers at this stage. Can you show us how to do it? And I said, well, you know, well, I'll run your account and see how it goes. And their clicks to say went up 15%. So they were like, like their head office, they were a group of hotels. The head mm-hmm. office rang them and said, how did you manage to do that? Like, how did you get, and they said, we just hired Samantha. Like, um, oh, do you know what I did? All I did was I went back to anyone who'd been to the hotel before and let's say Mary in Tipperary, I said, Mary, we haven't seen you in a while. How are things? And she was like, oh, my God, the hotel just said hello to me. And so she was thrilled. And so then she started chatting. And next thing she said, oh, have you any offers on at the moment? We haven't been back to you in a while. And then she booked online. 
So I just started talking to the customers, basically. And, and, <laughs> and that's kind of one of the, the great powers, I think, of social media and business is that, uh, you know, an ad or a billboard or, a, you know, God forbid, a radio ad doesn't speak to you personally necessarily. But social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, allows one person inside the business to talk to one customer at a time, right? Yeah, and it's not only that. I mean, it's a great way to get feedback from your customers really fast. And I have to say, radio is also second best, uh, my favourite. I love radio. Radio is great for getting the word out there, I have to say. Uh, But, you know, with Twitter in particular, it's a great way to ask your audience questions and get feedback really fast and in real time. Like, I just tweeted, I hope you don't mind me saying, I tweeted Emirates because I'm flying back to Ireland with them, and they responded within, uh, within 15 minutes. You know, about a query. They've, they've, they've probably got the biggest, most expensive Twitter help centre that money can buy. So I'm, I'm, still I'm, there. I'm not at all surprised. They're still there. But it's, the thing about the small business owners, they have, have an advantage over the big, big companies is that they can personalise and they have that personal touch and people buy from people. So if I'm Brian's panel beaters in Tamara Nui... Yeah. It's Brian you're talking to. Yeah, and Brian, and people buy from people. And then Brian can put pictures behind the scenes and Brian can put up the lads having a cup of tea, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And and there's there's nothing beats that personal, small business, family-run business, all that kind of, the story, the storytelling that you can do on that. So if I'm a small business owner and I'm going, oh, well, you know, there's only... 400,000 people in the country on Twitter. Why should I bother? What's Why is it worth my while as a small business owner to do this? Because you can build a community around you that will support you. So when you have something big to announce, they will be there and ready to support you. Um, small business, the most small business owners, most people, 80 percent of people have bought from a small business owner they've engaged with on twitter or interacted with on twitter i have bought stuff from small business owners on twitter because on twitter we just want to click by now mm-hmm. you know if i see something and it's a picture of a lovely wrap a merino wrap or something i will click on it and i will want to buy it you know and visuals are very 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 um, effective on twitter as well um design wizard i use for my images and it's all you know um, it'd be like canvas sim- similar to canva you can make graphics and images are 200 times more likely to be retweeted than no image and even when which, you d- which, so, so yeah. a, re- a retweet so i let's say i follow you I, yeah. I you you tweet something to me and i go oh i like that so much i'm going to share it with everyone who follows me yeah so a retweet Okay, so that's what a retweet is. Yes, absolutely. And a retweet is like sharing it with your own followers. And it's like word of mouth on speed. That's what Twitter is. It's word of mouth on speed. So instead of telling 10 people, you could be telling potentially thousands of people about... There's my Irish accent. They're all slagging me about my Irish accent. No, no, no. Thousands, thousands, thousands. Thousands and tree, tree. We have have a good ear for foreigners here. So if... I'm sitting there and I'm wanting to promote my business and I want to send out a tweet that's going to be the best tweet that's going to get the the highest number of people retweeting it, liking it, clicking through. What is going to be, what are are the ingredients to that perfect tweet? The ingredients are, The recipe in the kitchen. Well, first of all, make sure you have followers to see your tweet. Mm. So you need to find your audience. Are your audience there in the first place? Mm -hmm. Look, there's no point in going on Twitter if your audience aren't there. So find out, ask ask your customers, say, which is your favourite social media platform? If they're young, if they're young, most likely they're, like if they're aged 15 to 35, they're probably not there, probably on Instagram and Snapchat, mm-hmm. okay? Because I know my daughter is disgusted that I'm on Snapchat. You know, she's like, what? Did you just take a snap? So, um, yeah, so for you, the perfect tweet would be to include a really good, um, wow, did you see this? Or something like that, something that's going to catch her attention. And then the next thing would be to put up a really good visual, a picture, some kind of picture, even a picture of yourself, especially if it's a small business guy, the panel beater in in in, in Auckland. Tom um, and Anui. 
Sorry. Say it with me. Talmudanui. Talmudanui. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I hope there is a panel beater out there. Actually, I'm there. sure there is. You have to tweet us and we will retweet you. So, um, yeah, so definitely uh, put a picture of him or whatever is happening. Also, um, you can tag people in a photo. So you can tag up to 10 people in a photo, which even makes it reach more people. Mm-hmm. And also the most popular hashtags on Twitter are uh, business, uh, travel, you know, find the hashtags that are relevant to you. So if I wanted to search for hotel in New Zealand, I would go into the search box and I will put in hotel New Zealand. So if you're so a hotel... Do, so backing so up the bus, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I've, I've tweeted occasionally myself, but if I were heading for Southeast Ireland, whatever yeah. county you said you lived in, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think I'd search Twitter to find a hotel. I think I'd, I'd search Google. Yeah. So you're saying you'd start with Twitter? I would. Yeah, because I like to engage with people who are on Twitter more because that's just where I hang out. Mm. Um, so instead of going to Google, I could. if you use, it's really effective. If you use the search bar on Twitter, mm-hmm. you'll actually find more uh, discounts for Twitter users too. So a lot of people don't know that. The search bar is almost like Google search in Twitter. So if you just put, if anyone is listening now, put search I, I'm, I'm search. sure I'm sure some people are listening no, if anyone now. Is let's, listening. Just, let's just assume, Samantha, that, that some people are listening <laughs> so, now. What I mean is... What I mean is if you're listening and you're tweet and you're on Twitter at the moment, if you just put into the search Hotels New Zealand, you will get a whole load of Hotels and, New Zealand. And, and discounts for Twitter users. That yeah. is music to my a ears. Lot of After the break, discounts. back with tweeting goddess Samantha Kelly. Back soon. Auckland. 100.6 FM. Radio Live. It's Sunday Social. Hey, welcome back to Sunday Social. I'm Vaughan Davis, and with me all the way from Ireland, Samantha Kelly, a.k.a. Tweeting Goddess. Welcome back. Thank you. I've done the numbers, and I was looking at uh, twitter.com slash tweeting goddess, and you've you've tweeted quite a few times, Um, 257,000 times since June 2011. Now, I just want to check my assumptions here. How many hours a night do you sleep? <laughs> Eight. Eight? Okay. That's yeah. what I, that's, that was my guess. That was my guess. So, you're awake for 16 hours. So, according to my maths, since 2011, and I just guessed it was June to split the difference. Um, no, it was June. And according to my maths, you've tweeted every eight minutes since then. Mm, well, that says no there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no getting around it. There's no get, well, every eight minutes. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Well, no. You see, sometimes I take part in Twitter chats, and yes. they could be very intense. And so you would tweet a lot because I run communities on Twitter. Yes. So I ran Irish Biz Party, which was the first community I ran, mm-hmm. and then I also ran Belfast Hour, and now I run Women's Inspire hashtag. Mm-hmm. So when you're on those, you could tweet like, oh, hundred times during that chat. You know, it's really. I'm very fast. But also, it's my business, so I actually run accounts for. I manage accounts for other companies, so I'm on Twitter. Oh, all so it's the more time. than that. So it's more. Yeah. Than, it's more than every. So it's more like every four, every four minutes. <laughs> I would be tweeting for them as well. Yeah, yeah. It sounds really intense, but actually, it's only when there's busy times on Twitter between nine and eleven would be mostly when I tweet. So there's some. There's sometimes you'd only tweet two or three times an hour. Actually, usually I wouldn't tweet at all between three and nine p.m. Really? Mm. Is it a rule? Uh, we no, it's just quiet then. 3, 3 p.m. When you think about it, what's happening? People are going to the school run. They're doing after-school activities. Mm. They're not tweeting. Mm. You know, then they watch TV and then the kids go to bed and that's the busiest time between 9 and 11 p.m. And it picks up again. Yeah. Do you ever 
consciously unplug. We had um, Ariana Huffington out a couple of years ago, and you know, one of these sort of you know people who's made their money in tech, made their money online, and has now decided that you know you need to unplug. You do. Of course, she, she never did when she was making the money. So, Tom, what you do? How you and do. when do you unplug? I do. You do. You have to. I got. I live by the sea. I'm really lucky. Uh, so my head, for my head, I need the sea. I need the fresh air and stuff. And I bring the dogs for a walk. And I'm trying to lose a few pounds. So <laughs> I try and do 5k three times a week. And um, there's a 120 steps beside me, so I kind of try and run up them. I'm trying to be rocky, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so once one day I will get to the top without stopping. But, you know, things like that are really important, and I totally agree with you. I mean, it's all about balance. But when I was starting out, I had to keep, you know, working really hard but and, and, and building my following. And, and en- I do engage with anyone who follows me. I do try and remember to engage and... and, and, and Never ignore anyone because you just don't so that, know. So that's, that's 40,000 people not to ignore. But not all of them are tweeting me. Mm. So don't forget, like, I have 40,000 followers, but some of them are just lurkers and they just watch what's happening. They're watching, I can tell you that. But you know yourself. I mean, they're not all your followers don't talk to you every day, but some do. And you have your favourites. And I have Twitter lists. You can make Twitter lists and fine-tune all your communities. Like, there's some that I really want to keep an eye on that I really would love to build more of a relationship with. So I kind of go in and check on them every now and then. And then sometimes I just go into my followers and I see who needs a little dig out. And it could be just a retweet or something, you know? So I've often thought that Twitter's kind of the reverse of Facebook in that Facebook, well, certainly for, for its first seven or eight years, was a place where you would connect online with people who you knew in the real world whereas twitter was a place where Mm. you would meet people online and often subsequently connect in the real world does that sort of rung true for you oh yeah the most important thing that i can say about twitter is it's brilliant for building online relationships but the next step is to take it to direct message or offline um to skype call or some other platform now, I don't mean uh, bring it to Facebook, but you can. But I think, um, for me, I've met a lot of my followers. So I make it my business. Like, if I'm in, you know, let's say I'm traveling around Ireland and I know that there's one particular girl in Cork who always tweets me. Actually, I did this when I went on holidays. There's a lady who has a cafe in Moon. In, County in where? Moon. M-O-O-N-E. Oh, she loved that I'm okay. mentioning her, actually. It's a tiny little cute cafe. And we were on our way to County Clare on our holidays. And I said, actually, Andy, I said to my partner, I said, can we stop here for a cup of tea? And, do you know, she was so thrilled because I stopped and I did a tweet. We took a selfie. But, like, I knew I could stop there. I, there's any, anywhere all over Ireland, I know those, these people. It's nice to just meet them. Even if it's just for a cup of tea, just drop in. Mm. And then I actually meet them offline. And then it's hugs, not handshakes as well, by the time you meet. And that's why it's, so, it's such an important platform for building communities. Like, I've built a Women's Inspire network. I've w- built a network of women all over the world now. And what we do is when we meet, it's hugs, not handshakes. Mm-hmm. So it's great for shy people. If you're shy at all, you can take part in the Twitter chat. You can watch what's going on, and you build. You, and actually, uh, so far, I haven't been disappointed. If if you're an idiot online, usually you're an idiot offline as well. So, uh, like no, normally, the people that I do want to meet are actually the people I would like to hang out with in real life as well. So, so you, you're here in New Zealand for a uh, for a conference mm. and hanging out with a, a bunch of New Zealand social media people. If if there are such people, I guess everyone everyone's a everyone's a social media person. No, now, I think. No, 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 no. Some people do it right. Some people think they're social media experts. And no, I didn't say expert. I said social media people. (laughs) 
Well, you see, it's important. It is important. This is the new world. This is like, do you ever notice you're on the train going into work or whatever? What are people doing? They're on their phones, mm. you know, and even websites have to be mobile enabled now because like the social media conference was, was in Sky City. It was a fantastic two day event and it was so great to meet people that actually I have to admit, I was very surprised the amount of people in New Zealand that didn't really think Twitter was important. And I was like, what? You know, the opportunities through Twitter are huge and it's a brilliant B2B platform. And they were like, no, no, I use LinkedIn. I said, you should be using Twitter too. Do you think, you do you think Twitter's plateaued? No. I think since Donald Trump came yeah, well, I was, I was it's gonna helped mention, a lot. <laughs> it, it certainly brought balance to the force, um, not necessarily in a positive way. So you, you, you still think it's on the app? Yeah, but also you cannot beat real-time event news because especially, unfortunately, there's been horrible things that have happened in the world but you hear about it on Twitter and like there's some things I would never have heard about like you know the, 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 the things that happened in London recently all those horrible things that are happening it's the awareness that it raises and, and I, I'm sure they raise like the Manchester live uh, concert mm. um, that raised so much money you know, like, so it's a great way for doing good things as well. And, and I did one myself. There was a lady, she was, she has Usher syndrome. She was about to go blind and she, her big dream was to go to Disneyland. So we, we raised, it was called Seeing Disney and we did a campaign and we raised 10,000 for her to go to New Zealand. So there's a lot of good stuff can happen through Twitter. It's, it's, and you can't beat, there's Twitter live video now as well. Hmm. And I think Twitter have another thing up their sleeve, to be honest. And I remember there was is people. It, is it making money? Because no they, haven't, they haven't quite got to that one. I make money. Haven't, they haven't quite got to that one yet. Have <laughs> I they? don't mind. They haven't. And do you know what? I have suggestions on how to do that. I think um, a subscription model might be a good idea. Where we where we pay if we have a if we're a verified account, for example, or there could be subscription type model there. But look, you know, Twitter should ask people like us mm. that have it's, big it's, followings. It's a tough one because they've been going for yeah. a very long time and they've, they've made no money at all. But this is another reason I have to emphasize that I've started doing the Women's Inspire Network because it's important not to limit yourself to one platform mm. if you are a business person and you are on one platform like try and find which ones your audience are on and try and diversify into different areas so it could be video you could start doing facebook lives mm. twitter lives i mean don't limit yourself to one platform because you could get in trouble i mean look at was it vine um is gone now mm -hmm. you know well so, posturous where i started blogging just, yeah, just stop once upon a time. So you it? really do have to, and that's another reason why I'm kind of branched out into Women's Inspire Network events because, like, the Women's Inspire Network is 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 for members that we can do online coffee mornings on Crowdcast. We do webinars, and that's another way of connecting people all over the so world. So you don't want to put all your, all your eggs in one basket. No, I don't think you should. Your, yeah. your Trump mention uh, reminded me, as as if I needed reminding, that we are days away from a uh, general election here, and mm -hmm. social media has become something of uh, of a battleground. I guess the last, the last thing I'd ask is, you know, if I'm a party leader and I've got, uh, you know, four days, five days, five days left to convince New Zealand to vote for me, how, how do I use social media to do that? Tweet, tweet and goddess and ask me to <laughs> tweet, tweet. I don't, think you're getting, I, don't, I don't think you're getting business out of this. No, I think um, just keep it positive and do good stuff. You know, don't get involved in controversy. Stay away from it. Just keep a positive keep putting the positive stuff out and do something helpful for others so let's say someone someone that might be one of your voters um like maybe retweet them to your followers and say i really like this business guy please support him or i really like this sports person have they done well be positive use your power for good hey samantha yeah. kelly tweeting goddess thank you so much for joining me on sunday social thank you hey after the break mr julian waters he's scratching scratching at the door he's in here with the very latest websites apps and social media news you just can't do without. Back soon.
Auckland. 100.6 FM. Radio Live. It's Sunday Social, an hour dedicated to social media with Vaughan Davis. Hey, welcome back to Sunday Social. If you want to listen to that interview with Samantha Kelly, and I know uh, a bunch of you were listening along uh, as that happened online all around the world, uh, that's at radiolive.co.nz under Shows and Sunday Social, and of course as a podcast on iTunes. But uh, now a very big welcome back to the show, Mr Julian Waters. Hi, Julian. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no Irish accents. No, no, no. Let's keep the Kiwi thing going on here. I just so hard to resist, isn't it? Isn't it so beautiful to listen to? Yeah, yours isn't. No, no, no. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Hey, um, election time. Have you voted? No, not yet. I just, just actually cleared the mailbox and got the card. Yes, but I will. Are you I'll a vote. are you a vote on the on the day guy or a vote ahead guy? I never knew you could vote ahead until this year, and everyone's been well, tweeting and Facebooking about it. You've been out of for the last three elections for any reason at all. Yeah, maybe people are a little more excited this year, or may, may, maybe more of the people who are excited are on Facebook and Twitter about it. Maybe, maybe they are. Uh, big difference. Big difference between voting ahead and voting on the day. A little pop quiz. Something you can do when you vote ahead, social media wise, that you are not allowed to do on the day. Can you guess what it is? Tell people who you voted for. Yeah, post your post a picture of your ballot paper. Uh, it, oh, it is ballot paper. Yeah, it is uh, not a good idea to do it at any time for reasons we'll discuss. But on the day, it's prohibited. Has anyone ever been prosecuted or anything for doing that on the day? I don't. I don't think they have. But it kind of um, it comes down to the hashtag DBAD. Don't be a dick. Um, you refrain from telling people how you vote, not because it's illegal, but because it's kind of uh, not the way we roll, you know? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a private thing. It's a private thing. It and doesn't have to be. It, to me, it seems a little silly, really, especially in this era. I mean, in the past, media was, you know, it was publishing a newspaper, it was displaying a billboard, and my God, I can't wait till those come down. Mm. But this whole thing of, you know, on, on Friday you can say, hey, everybody... Go the Greens, and then on Saturday you can't say anything. It's just weird. I mean, what, what are you going to do? Go back and delete all the Facebook posts you made before? Yeah, Some people only see them the day after anyway. But, so. it, but the principle is, on election day, and let's you know, let's treat it as a day, even even though you can vote two weeks in advance, on election day it's, uh, it's, it's a quiet time when you're not being harangued, assaulted, and assailed by people left, right, and centre, you know, literally and figuratively, um, trying to coerce you one way or another into voting. So, you know, that, I, that idea of, um, you know, quiet reflection, make a choice and do it, I think is a really good one. Quiet reflection. Not oh. being harassed and harangued sounds brilliant, but I, think, I, think, I just I, think in reality it's a rounding error. It doesn't, people will stop harassing and haranguing you once the polls close. That's guaranteed. That's fine. I suppose. Um, so you were, you, were, you were amusing the question, why can't, we, why, why can't we vote on Facebook yet? That was an interesting question. Yeah, because it ran a smackle event during the week on, on this social media and politics, and we had some of this discussion. It seems to be the question about voting on Facebook or voting online it seems to elicit strong opinions one way or another, and not necessarily along left and right lines. Like, so, so Some would assume that online voting would engage more younger voters, therefore more liberal voters. So one could argue that if someone was against it, that they're coming from this insidious place of suppressing democracy. But in reality, that's not the only reason, obviously. There are valid concerns about, well, you're the one who mentioned a few of them, uh, being coerced or... Uh, yeah, uh, okay, so I'll, I'll, give you, well, I'll, I'll give you three reasons why online voting's a bad idea. Here's the first one. 
you can hack one polling booth, one one cardboard polling booth. You can hack one vote, but that's all you can hack. If you steal, you know, you steal. If you steal, you know, go go to a real world polling place and and nick the ballots. You know, do you know how many people voted fraudulently in the last election? Well, about a hundred. But yeah, about a hundred. Yeah. Electronic, you can hack the whole damn database, right? Hard to track. So that's that's reason number one. Mm-hmm. Reason number two is voting is all about a personal choice and it's not about a choice being made with your husband or wife or flatmate or big ugly friend standing over your shoulder while you've got that laptop open or that tablet open or that phone open right and you know you do sure. you do it online you're doing it at home someone can be there and and who's to say it's you that's actually casting that vote that's number two sure reason number three is show me the young person who was informed, motivated and engaged but didn't vote because it was too hard to go to the polling place. Online voting is not a barrier. Well, I could give you... The, the, in terms of the security side of things, I, I, you know, I'm not convinced that that's I mean, a come, fair come on, the, the United States' biggest credit agency just had uh, 325 million records stolen. But I, I know some security people think this is a stupid argument, but... That, that coming back to that old the old thing, if we we have all our bank balances and everything online, uh, so if that can be made secure, and bank fraud and phishing, it's it, it's not made secure. Bank fraud and phishing happens all the time. And I suppose this is this is what, where it comes down to it for me. It's secure enough, and and this is the thing. These issues are real issues, of course. That that, mm. that you mentioned. Um, to me, it is also a real issue. It's not a question of not. I mean, New Zealand does make it a lot easier to vote than other places. In America, it's a work day, and there's massive queues. Yeah, for it's every super place. easy to vote in this country. You've got two weeks to do it. Hundreds sure. of polling places. But why not make it even easier, just on on the margins? Because hacking, because coercion. But you know, you how, how do you get around the coercion one? You know, if you if you were my way. flatmate, I'd bully you into voting my way. I would. I just would. I'd say. Yeah. I'd say, Julian. I'm not going to let you eat my nice stuff from the fridge if you don't vote the but, way I want you to vote. By the same measure, I could bully my flatmates into transferring all the money they had over to me. Now, of course, you could say, okay, well, they're going to go to the cops or whatever else, but I just mean you can coerce anybody for anything. And if it's done securely through your own login, it's like coercing a partner for the pin to their phone. You yeah, know? it happens all the time. Yeah, but I, know someone, I know someone that's happened to. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, it's just like... She doesn't come on the show just anymore. don't stand for that stuff, you know? you just got to lock that down. And, okay, well, going back yeah. to the final one, though. Do you believe, do you believe in your heart of hearts, Julian, that the informed, motivated, engaged New Zealand voter exists who is prevented from voting by it not being available online? Do you think that person... Bring that person to the studio and, and let me hear their story. I think it's the wrong question. If you... if just the whole process in general, the whole, and I realise people work hard to make it as simple as possible, and there's a whole bunch of videos online. I've seen, again, I've seen the Greens actually do quite a few good ones, even for overseas voting, explaining step by step how it can be done. But in general, the whole thing is a whole lot more complicated than opening an app that, like, for example, Facebook, that you use every day, that you've already identified yourself with, generally, um, and just being knowing that oh yeah on that day it's going to pop up in front of me and I basically just click a box. Now you could say that means you're not as well informed as you should be, but I think if you knew that the whole thing was that easy and you knew that that process was in that sense, in that way, geared to engage you, then you might make just a little more effort to think, okay, it's going to be that easy. I'm just going to be able to click a box here. Maybe I should just take a little gander at, at who's out there and what's going on. Um, I, I do think it's, I mean, I, you know, I know I'm getting old because 
I get surprised talking to people that haven't made up their mind uh, about... I mean, I not say I, I'm always stuck on one particular path myself, but at least I try and inform myself. Yeah. But well, I, I, I do know. think the whole process, in general, overall, is a little more complicated than those of us who have been around for a few more elections. It's dead easy. You, you walk into the library, you say, hello, my name is Vaughan Davis, I would like to vote. They hand you the paper, you get their orange pen, two ticks, and you're done. If you blame technology, you're either lazy or you don't care about your country. Well, it's not about blaming technology. It's not that. And I, ent- I agree 100% with what you just said. Everybody listening and everybody's grandchildren who's listening, you should go and vote. Absolutely. But the arguments to say, let's, let's not try and make it even easier, I don't think... It, I'm personally not convinced by. I don't, I, don't, I don't think difficulty is the barrier. Hey, on a completely different tack, and I want to talk about the story because this one just blew me away. This just blew me away. But hey, vote people. You've got six days left. Um, this just blew me away. Tesla. You know I'm not getting a Tesla, and you know why I'm not getting a Tesla. I don't know. I wish I could get one, but yes. This just this just adds to the reasons why I'm not giving a Tesla. So this is this um, Hurricane Irma story. Did you did you hear this when it came out in the news? I didn't know, uh, but it's it's it's, it's flabbergasting. So people um, evacuating from Hurricane Irma in, in Florida. Tesla owners, because you know. Pray for the Tesla owners uh, who were... You wouldn't want to drive through a puddle in one of those things, would you? Not a deep Ford in an electric car. You wouldn't. You just you get the heebie-jeebies, wouldn't you? Well, I've driven through puddles and stuffed up a normally aspirated Even car, if it's so. meant to be safe, you, you, you just get the heebie-jeebies. But uh, they, they went, oh, we're a bit worried because um, electric vehicle owners have this thing called range anxiety, which is, mm-hmm. oh, will my battery make it to the next charger? Evacuating from uh, Florida during Hurricane Irma, they had acute range anxiety, and Tesla responded by going, well, here's a magic. We're going to give you 10% more range in your cars by magic. Bink. And it was there. The cars were always capable of doing it. It was a, a disabled capacity that you could pay extra to get. It was always there in the car. And Tesla just went, bink, you got it. What do you think of that? In the software world, that's the sort of thing we do all the time, right? You, 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 bastards. you restrict features from people. You hobble, you hobble the, the, the yeah, you have the, the, the low version and the premium yeah. version. But it's yeah. the same version with things turned off, right? Exactly. Because once you've built the features, it's there. So it's not common, you'd think, in the hardware, in a you know, physical Well, product. this is kind of a software thing. It was really just, you know, yeah. they, they updated the software of the car. So yeah. suddenly it would go 10% further. Well, there you go. I mean, uh, on the one hand, you know, you, you do have to make money, and if you have a premium version for people who want to pay more, I guess that makes sense. But, but it's the same. It's off. the same That's version. Sure. So what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing a, a market opportunity here for is unlocking Teslas. Yeah. So, you know, if it, if it normally costs $10,000, I think it does, for that, uh, that, that, that extra feature, you can go, hey, I'll hack your Tesla for three thousand dollars and there'll be some guy in a back alley with a you know a laptop and some plugs and things and it'll make mm. your car go 10 percent further won't go down too well the next service when they when the tech, tesla techs plug plug car in or something but yeah but yeah. you know 10, 10 years down the track when it's out of warranty anyway you know the yeah. hack, hacking teslas yeah. hacking teslas yeah. make them go further after the break we have got uh, the download on Latitude and longitude, which is something dear to my heart. I like my latitude and my longitude, my parallels and my meridians. Well, they're out the window. And the reason why will astound you. Back soon. It's Sunday Social. Everything you need to know about social media with Vaughan Davis. 
Welcome back to Sunday Social. Don't worry, be happy. There's a bazillion apps out there, but uh, Julian and I have spent the entire week when we should have been working finding the good ones, haven't we? We have. And we've got an election game. We've got an election game. If you can't be bothered with the real election, or maybe you've voted and uh, you're just waiting for the results, um, you've got you've got a sort of a low-res, uh, old-school, arcade-style fighting game to recommend. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the only app I could find on the New Zealand election. Um, Sad. Uh, if you search for NZ Election Fight, um, I think you, and, and I think it might be iOS only, but uh, I couldn't get the damn thing to work, so my eight-year-old's out there, you know, pummeling away. You so it's be, just a tap, 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 punch, punch, punch. Yeah, yeah. He can be Bill or Jacinda. He can move up and down and forward and back, but yeah, I couldn't work out how to get the damn thing working, but he's, he's got it nailed. He's, You're old. Um, yeah. Well, you, you, you would have heard last week we, did, we, we discussed a slightly higher res version called Battle to the Beehive. .co.nz, battle to the beehive.co.nz, which is a, a, a Tekken style, uh, like an, a, you know, a, a high end um, fighting game. Really, really cool. All the, we were looking at it in the break. The graphics and are epic. The graphics are epic. All the uh, characters, all the party leaders, right down to the, you know, um, Ban 1080 party or Democrats for Social Credit, which still exists, are uh, lovingly rendered and they get to fight not each other, but the issues of the day, including the economy, climate change, and bits and pieces like that. You really see, cool. We just had Winston fighting against climate change. Who won, by the way? I didn't see that. Oh, well, we, we, had to, we had to go back on the radio, so we, we may never know. I, I don't know. I think, I think climate Climate change might uh, be around for a bit longer than Mr. Peters. Now, something that might not be around for much longer, this next um, website and app has its way, is the use of latitude and longitude. Do, do you use latitude and longitude in your life, Julian? It, it came up for something 38 recently. degrees, 43 minutes and 12 seconds south. Not being in aviation or boating or anything, it's not relevant every day, but it is extremely handy to remember that it exists if ever you want to know exactly where a location is, right? I mean, it's kind of, it sounds obvious. It's the grid. But it's the grid. You know, it's, it's, it's how the world, you know, um, parallels of latitude and meridians of longitude are what divide the world. Yeah. Problem is, they're really long and they're hard to remember. And, and I, I'm, you know, I'm an aviation guy. I, I use it now and then on, on maps and things. But uh, this, this amazing system has come up, and it's one of those ones where you go, oh, yeah, of course, that works. This thing is called What Three Words. What Three Words. And what they have done is divided the world not into latitude and longitude, but into grid squares, tiny grid squares, like the studio would contain more than one. These grid squares are three metres by three metres. There are 57 trillion of them on the planet, and each one is identified by three simple words. You with me so far? I'm with you. It's a, it's, it's a, lot, of, a lot of squares. So big, yes. lots of tiny squares covering the world. This is, this is more accurately, more accurately than, than the usual latitude and longitude. And... Each square has three words. The square we are in here at Radio Live is called Hugs Vanish Lace, which sounds like a great night out, actually, doesn't it? I, lace vanishes and you hug. Maybe I'm, I'm in a different square because I just asked, based on location, it said Films Tool Sparks. Sorry, it's Films Tools Sparks. I've got to admit, I did it from home and I did it roughly when I, when I worked out it was Hugs Vanish Lace. But the point is, every spot on the planet has one of these combinations and they only needed 25,000 words. So 25,000 unique and fairly simple words times 25, you know, d distributed around the globe to, to label those 57 trillion squares of Earth. That's really cool. And the reason, it the reason it's useful 
is for things like uh, disaster relief. If you need to, you know, if you're sitting there and you're in the middle of nowhere and you've got your phone and you want to share, you know, you want to say what your location is. My location is Hugs Vanish Lace. And there is only one of those in the entire world and it's accurate within three metres by three metres. The drone comes to Hugs Vanish Lace and there's your milk biscuits. I was wondering what the point was. The other point is for voice-based navigation. So the example they gave in, uh, on, on the website, what three words, is, okay, I'm in, I'm in my car and I want to go to uh, High Street and I'm in a town where there's, or a state in, in, in America where there might be 25 High Streets and I don't know which one. But if I'm going to Banana Water Key, there's only one banana water key, and it's it's exactly the right street number, exactly the right place, exactly where you want to go. Your voice-controlled navigation system understands the words. You don't need to learn local pronunciations. You've just got to learn those three words. You've sold it to me because honestly, I thought that the whole thing was just a big nerdy experiment. But yeah, I could see the value of that. It's it's fascinating, really, isn't it? I think it's really neat, and and it's it's could it replace dresses as well? I mean, it could totally replace dresses because you know civilization can can rise and crumble, but hugs vanish. Lace will always be here. Why wouldn't we want it to be? It just Why lovely, wouldn't we want it to be? I think it's absolutely wonderful. Hey, you've got uh, you've got some news which I think the world needs to know. The world needs to know this. And I've just written down the headline. Augmented reality cartoon bitmoji for Snapchat. Explain that. Go. So. One, one idea at a time. <clears throat> Augmented yes. reality. Well, so augmented reality is putting computer stuff on top of real life through your device. Ah, Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. Augmented reality. Yep. I think um, explaining this concept... Okay, so we've got it. Augmented reality, putting cartoon stuff into real life. Bitmoji. Augmented reality, putting anything digital into real life. Um, Bitmoji is is basically little characters uh, you can create where you can customise all the different aspects of the character such that they represent yourself. So you could do something with, for example, orange hair. And uh, I don't have orange hair. Oh, you did, I'm sure, at one point. I've never um, had orange hair. Haven't you now? It's the lights. It's all the T-shirts and the yeah, It is, my, the my watch track. Okay, so well, you can do an orange T-shirt. So anyway. a, bit, a bitmoji. So, so you have your bitmoji that represents yourself, and, and people have used those on social media for a number of years. Uh, now you can take that bitmoji, that little character you've got, and you can animate it in the real world. So if you are, let's say you are in this studio right now and you've got this big desk in front of you. It hugs vanish lace. (laughs) That's right. You could have your little bitmoji that you've designed sort of jump around on the desk and do somersaults or something. But then then the last last thing in my headline, augmented reality cartoon bitmoji for Snapchat. So what do you do with this, this little you jumping around on the desk? Yeah, you share it on Snapchat and other, other platforms um apple's apple's gone with their new uh, uh augmented reality technology that they've gone a step further you can create a a little symbol that does all this crazy stuff and share it on apple's messaging services too but in the meantime in the meantime we've got augmented reality cartoon bitmoji for snapchat you heard it first on radio live sunday social thank you much samantha kelly aka tweeting goddess julian waters as always kyron and sarah in the booth stay tuned for graham and the weekend variety wireless i'm vaughn davis 99